Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hello, friends. Hello, Delora. How are you today? Hi, Ashley. I am blessed and highly favored. How about you? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm doing really well. I'm in a good place. So I'm very appreciative of that. And guys, we hope you're in a great place as well. Having a great week, having a great day, no matter where you may be. And we appreciate you for tuning in as always, because it is our Thursday episode, which means it's Mm. time to get into what's going on in these pop culture streets. Delora, first Mm -hmm. up, I'm sorry that we have to deliver this news to anyone who has not heard it but as of the day that we are recording i got the alert this afternoon and that is that the legend the icon the one and only tina turner has passed away at the age of 83 in the articles that i'm reading from both people and rolling stone they mentioned that she had been suffering from a long illness which I was unaware of. Were you aware that she had fallen ill? Um, she mentioned dealing with something in her interview, I believe with Gail King when doing um, press for her documentary. Okay. I know she had had some other health issues. I believe she battled cancer. She had had a kidney transplant at one point. So I knew she had had some other health issues, but was not aware and um, definitely shocked when I first saw the headline. I think I gasped when I got the alert, but let me read the statement from her publicist. Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll has died peacefully today at the age of 83 after a long illness in her home in, I do not know how to pronounce this, but it's near Zurich, Switzerland. With her, the world loses a music icon and a role model. There will be a private funeral ceremony attended by close friends and family. Please respect the privacy of her family at this difficult time. Obviously, the sentiments and celebrations and thoughts have been pouring in from various celebrities, various outlets. The one that struck me the most I wanted to read to you guys, and it is posted by Ava DuVernay. She Mm -hmm. quotes Tina as saying, when I started as a solo artist, I was a female black singer in my 40s with no money and few prospects for gigs. Still, I kept a never give up spirit. Part of my spiritual practice is to change poison into medicine, to transform roadblocks through positivity. The force of my positivity pushed the discriminatory isms standing in my way. We all have it within our power to make decisions and take actions that elevate us. Every day, we express who we are and who we wish to become through our thoughts, words, and deeds. Choose the positive path in everything you do. Spread positivity and kindness. That's the way. Absolutely love that. Love that quote. Love that, you know, honoring of this 
legendary and amazing icon. Delora, we recapped the Tina documentary and you have to speak about her at that time. But what are your thoughts now that we have lost a legendary figure in music and in life? What an amazing life she lives. It is absolutely heartbreaking. Getting the news today, I legit, my eyes started tearing up because this one hurts. It's we're at that age where there are some celebrities who have always been famous our entire lives, right? And Tina Turner right. is one of those celebrities. And her life story, her tenacity, her resiliency, she's an icon, trailblazer. I mean, again, it's one thing when you're exposed to her story for us, it was what's love got to do with it. We were young women. We weren't even young women. We were girls. Yes, okay? we were still girls for sure. And then when we had the opportunity to talk over her documentary, and for me, I wrote a, I wrote an essay on um, Tina Turner in college, in my pop culture class, shout out to Bowling Green State University. Um, so I say that to say it really puts things in perspective. She was 40 years old. According to Don Lemon, she was past her prime, right? Mm. And I'm sorry, silly joke, but still, by societal standards, no one was checking for her. And the fact that she was able to have such a legendary run is so outstanding yeah and again i just i she's such a maverick in that she was sexy those legs those those legs baby Mm -hmm. i mean rock and roll baby rock and roll (laughs) she will be missed Absolutely. I don't really, you know, have much to add. We really talked so much about her during the recap, which I highly encourage you guys to go back and take a listen to. Like I said, she was an icon, man. The main thing that I don't enjoy with her passing is to have to read about Ike Turner again, because obviously her legacy is still intertwined with him. But to your point, the success she was able to have post that situation. I'm so glad she found love. I'm so glad she had um, happiness. I even saw an Oprah interview she did and she said, you know, I've done what I was put on this earth to do and now my life is about pleasure. You know, I have great friends. I have my husband, you know, I'm living my best life essentially. So when all is Mm -hmm. said and done and when it's my time, you know, I'm I'm gonna go out happy. So, my in my heart i hope that that continued to be the case um when she passed away as of today so it's tough whenever the legends pass but definitely life well lived tina turner so rest in peace all right delora let's move on to our next headline netflix netflix has been threatening to crack down on password sharing for a minute. They got a whole hoopla a little while back when it was discussed and we saw evidence that they were considering 
basically locking you out of your account when you're traveling and you have to go through who jump through hoops to be able to access your own account and all this and that people are like so what is this cable now like is netflix i gotta be in the house in my own house just to watch it you remember they were shooting for commercials at one point brainstorming it seems like they've rolled those thoughts back at least for now and the latest that i'm reading from cnbc and i have not seen this on my own account as of yet but they've started alerting customers that password sharing days are a wrap in an email to members the streamer said your netflix account is for you and the people you live with your household members can transfer a profile of someone outside of their household so that the person can begin a membership they pay for on their own or they can pay an extra fee of $7.99 a month per person i have many feelings about this <laughs> and many thoughts about this but delora i'm gonna let you go first i'm gonna let you go first what do you think i feel like i i'm gonna be really impressed with the technology to be able to monitor this level of it's feeling kind of big brother in some ways right like what if they develop this technology and then sell it to the government you know I'm going down a, a rabbit hole. Let's let's take it back. Um, <laughs> it should be interesting to see what they're able to do. I don't know how they'll be able to do it. And then if you violate it, yes, it's a charge. I, I don't know. They're trying. They're trying. I don't have much to say, Ashley. What do you think? I have such a mixed feeling because I know that Netflix is a business at the end of the day. And yes. we saw that uh, like $200,000 loss or dip in subscribers resulted in a change in the value of their stock on Wall Street or however that kind of went down at the time, whatever. It was a hoopla. So I understand it was like growth is stagnant or we're losing subscribers. We got to figure out this business model. But on this other end of that, in my opinion, Netflix is being greedy because... <laughs> I'm like, there's a level of shrink that they have to take into consideration when it comes to their financials. So, like, you're covering the globe, Netflix. You're covering the globe. And now you want to say that those of us who have been loyal to you all these years and who have been subscribers all these years have to suffer just because your business model is no longer working in your favor. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I feel. Because at one point, Netflix was all about sharing is caring. Somebody Girl, dug up that old tweet. I found it. It was back in 2017. <laughs> March 10th. 2017. Love is sharing a password. Mm. Mm. A mere six years ago, singing a very different tune. So as a customer, I think this is bullshit. As a business... I understand you have to make a profit, but as a customer, this is bullshit. So for me, you know, I consume, we both consume heavily from Netflix. It is we technically do. the streaming service that we recap from the most, right? But yeah. things can change. And there are a lot of competitors in the market <laughs> at this point. Exactly. I've spoken to friends and family about this. Some people who don't consume content nearly as much as us. I think they're going to be good with no longer consuming from Netflix and move on. Some people tell me now, oh, my favorite streaming service is actually Hulu. And, you know, Hulu and Disney Plus 
are about to merge. So you're about to get yeah. all well, of the Well, they're already content. under the same content. Under the same uh, umbrella, umbrella but not under the same app, right? Correct. They're going yes. to end up rolling up under the same app. Interesting. So you already have that happening. You already have Amazon Prime, which Prime is has not been my favorite. But when Prime delivers, it delivers. When it has good content, it, it has good content. Yep. Our next recap. Exactly. HBO Max is about to become Max because HBO is joining Why? with Discovery Plus. <laughs> Who's going to call it Max? I don't care what y'all call it, right? Just have the app together. Because HBO Max was killing me for a little bit. They were Wait. the most significant issues of any of the streaming services. It's so funny because I've been watching um, some things on Apple TV and even Amazon Prime. And I will say Netflix has the best um, technology when it comes to wanting to rewind or fast forward. And does it act glitchy mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're like, hey, I missed something. Mm-hmm. Let me rewind this back 15 seconds ago. Apple TV Plus, I've told you and I've told our listeners, is becoming a fast favorite of mine. When at one point I was like, why do I still have Apple TV Plus? Content has been coming quicker and better, in my opinion. So, and I know I miss Smothers Peacock and all those, but yeah. I, I say this to say that. I think it's tough. I think it's tougher than they think. I think that that they may see at least in the in in, in the initial changes a signi- a more significant dip than they may be prepared for. Maybe they are prepared, but I think more people are going to not care than they think. Is <laughs> my point. Exactly. Especially if they're changing their overall programming model. Because the one thing that Netflix took a lot of pride in was the the amount of new content, but they also weren't really fiscally responsible during that. So now they're cutting back, canceling seasons after one, the <laughs> the first one, and really looking into, you know, I, I I don't know what their new programming model is going to be, but I do know that the the amount of new content we used to get out of them is going to change dramatically. Plus, let's not forget the writer's strike. <laughs> right, which we're going to get to. And I'm reading, I was just reading a little bit further down in the CNBC article. I guess Netflix did still announce that they're going to introduce a cheaper ad-supported tier to uh, their offering. So that still will be an option, which I'm not somebody, ads don't hurt. For me, like I, I still do ads via Hulu and all that. It's just going to depend on how they're cut and how often they are interspersed into the content um, that I would care about in terms of just the overall watch. But I think I'm so used no. to not having it with Netflix that it would be a transition. Like I wouldn't want to see a commercial while I'm in the middle of even days for Queen Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like. <gasps> Do you love me? <laughs> I will stand between the heavens and the earth. Here's a commercial. No, 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 no. Yeah. Unless the commercials are in between episodes. That may be possible because then you have to wait to get to the next episode. Free game, Netflix. Free game. <laughs> oh, I'm also seeing Paramount Plus is combining with Showtime. So that's another one. That is uh, merging. I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, the thing is, is that there's competition. 
There's a lot of great content that's spread across now. So, you know, time will tell what the, the result is with this. But as a consumer, it's disappointing. So those are my thoughts. All right, Delora, let's move on to our next headline. Girl, I feel like we talk about Beyonce almost every week these days, but, you know, fitting. I mean, shout out to Yvette, her publicist. <laughs> like, I feel like some of this stuff is like, you know, underground that makes its way to blogs and then eventually the news. Yeah. Well, this is about her and Jay-Z expanding their real estate portfolio. Beyonce and Jay-Z bought a Malibu estate for $200 million, the most expensive home in California. They purchased the sprawling estate, which was privately listed because, I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't put that on Realtor.com, right? Um, nope. It was listed by notable Los Angeles art corrector Bill Bell Jr., who was apparently the heir to the soap opera fortune. His father created Young and the Restless and the Bold and the yep. Beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> he purchased a property in the late 90s for $14.5 million and then enlisted a renowned Japanese architect, Tato Ando, to create a modernist glass and concrete structure. He's also considered one of the biggest art collectors in the world wow i had to see who the realtor was because you know we love shows like selling sunset and such so i was like who got this commission you know what i'm saying somebody was like davina finally sold it girl (laughs) wouldn't that be crazy if it were one of the ladies from selling sunset you know they would have tried to figure out a way to drop that into the next season of the show easily because everybody apparently have billion dollar um Clients. Uh, clients. I'm like, everybody got billion dollar clients on the roster? Okay. Allegedly. Sure. Allegedly. So the sale was actually brokered by his name is Kurt Rappaport, a celebrity real estate agent of the West Side Estate Agency. And he represented both the buyer and the seller. Woo! Get that check. Can oh we my just take a moment? I just <laughs> lost my breath. What? Girl, <laughs> get that check insanity what damn all right (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness the home spans nearly eight acres and has a private beach infinity pool and in this article it says seems to stretch off into the ocean this is a forbes.com article by the way that i'm reading more amenities but they don't have the full list because obviously again this was a private sale and jay-z and beyonce are not trying to have y'all scroll through the pictures of their home on these internets so this even as expensive as it is is not the uh most expensive sale in the nation though that still belongs Mm. to a billionaire hedge fund manager who purchased a new york city penthouse for 238 million dollars New York. She's actually just watched. I know I am secretly a 65 year old woman on the inside, but one of my favorite shows is CBS Sunday morning. Okay. And Mm -hmm. they have the profiles, celebrity profiles, and then very unique topics. And this past week, it was all about homes and they toured a $200 million uh, high rise looking out central park and it was 
real estate porn to its finest, frankly. I know um, people love New York, but I'd be damned if I'm spending $200 million and I'm living in that rat infested city. I'm sorry, to any New Yorkers. You are in, I think it was like the 130th floor. The way my claustrophobia anxiety is set up, mm. I'm taking the stairs. Like, <laughs> I can be on somebody's elevator. Girl. <laughs> 130 floors jesus take the wheel i'm gonna have to be sedated or something i don't know <laughs> just give me 20 percent of some of this <laughs> just give me 20 percent. that is it that is all actually <laughs> oh and really quick in that same episode they talked about tiny homes and the evolution of the elevator so <laughs> There you That's, go. No, but that is fascinating. I enjoy stuff what? like that too. I really do. So I'm with you. I, I did. I do like a lot of CBS um, news content. I think their stuff is usually very well done. ABC as well. Mm-hmm. So this home really just adds to their real estate portfolio. They have a $88 million Bel Air home. They own homes in New York and the Hamptons. And yeah, I mean... I don't know which of these homes they really frequent or live at or any of that. I mean, they're rich. So I'm sure they dip their toe in a lot of places. So whose house is this going to be really? <laughs> you know, just to be a friend and be I'm like, hey, curious. can I go stay at the Bel Air pad while y'all are at the Malibu one? I actually one? had a conversation with somebody like that before. I was like, you know, before I used to be. I used to want to be the person with the boat, but now I just want to be friends with the person with the boat. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Cause the people who own these houses rarely get to enjoy these houses. And they have the with the bill. Yeah. They out making the that money. She yeah. on tour right now. She in Europe. So who's staying at these houses? Wait, who was I talking to? I might have been talking to you. They're like Beyonce is the hardest working billionaire wife out there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's a good line, though. <laughs> and that's facts. Um, I just want to talk about this because it's just insane to me. Like, it's just insane. I just, there's a lot of wealth out here in this world. And like I said, just give me 20%. I am open and accepting of all the good in the world, in the universe. <laughs> That's one of my affirmations. There you go. All right, let's move on to our final headline of the day. This color purple trailer dropped, and it is everything. In case you guys are not aware, haven't seen it, there is a remake that is dropping December 25th, Christmas Day, and it is done by Oprah and Steven Spielberg. Fantasia stars in it. Allie Bailey Quincy. stars in it. Fantasia is is Seely, so let me not make it seem like she just stars in it. She is Seely. <laughs> she right? is it. <laughs> yeah. Danielle Brooks is Sophia. Taraji P Henson is Suge. Coleman Domingo is Mister. It's gonna be hard to watch him as Mister. I'm not gonna lie to you. Listen, when I heard that he was cast, I was like, first of all, he's going to murder this role. Second yes. of all, I'm never going to be able to look him in the eye ever again. Yeah, it's tough. You know how, you know how long it took me to get over Danny Glover being I know. Mr.? I know. I know. Lethal web in my ass. I don't <laughs> No. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's going to be an amazing performance, but it is going to be hard to to sit through. He has the range, and he's he's going to kill it, and I'm going to hate him. No doubt. What was the last time you hated a character in a show or movie? I hate characters all the time. Like, there's no, but at like, whoa, it's one thing to be annoyed, mm, but yeah. like, I hate it. Glenn yeah. Close, Carilla Deville, back in the day, right? And I yeah. hated Mister. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. When's the last time I really like hated hated a character? Because we live in an age now, especially in the last probably like ten to fifteen years, where we deal with a lot of morally gray characters right like they're bad but we get a backstory which makes them somewhat sympathetic but at the end of the day they're still ain't shit but (laughs) yeah i could probably name you somebody in so many projects and i'm just drawing a blank right now like so maybe maybe power was one of the last ones that i was like i just there's so many people in the show like i genuinely like hate and so that's why I, I stopped watching it. Because I was like, I don't even like none of y'all. Right? Like, oh, oh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> as always. Littlefinger. Yeah, he was bad. He was bad. I but hated him. I hated Ramsey. I hated Joffrey. Oh, oh you know, there's like, yes! it's too many. Yes! <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> And I asked people, like, true people who really got into it. I was like, so who is the more villainous character, Ramsey to you or Joffrey? And tell That's me why. That's not a fair question. Why isn't it fair? I feel like it's not very fair. fair. I feel like it's very fair. For I me, never. For me, it's it's Ramsey. Like, of the two, it's Ramsey. Because I feel like Joffrey, while they both had traumatic childhoods and traumatic things happen to them, you know, Joffrey being born of twin incest is, you know this whole thing and Ramsey being the product of rape okay but Ramsey to me took way more pleasure in people's pain than I really saw from Joffrey and so to me he was a horrible like a horrible human being not that Joffrey's not too but I was like Ramsey is a different type of sick that I just you know I can't and I can't I can't do it I can't do it through line of Sansa she had the she had the worst situation yeah that's why you can understand when she became like more hardcore yeah um after the fact because yeah poor thing she was a virgin you had your virgin take virginity taken by that gross horrific horrific but um let me finish this cast list real quick her girl my boo as squeak hallie bailey as young nettie Corey hawkins as harpo and ingenue elise taylor as mama it also uh, features Louis Gossett Jr., David Allen Greer, Sierra, Dion Cole, uh, Tamala Mann, John Baptiste. So, I mean, it's going to be yes. a stacked cast. The trailer, when I tell you, it gave me the feels immediately. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Ashley, when I saw it, I had goosebumps immediately. I'm going to be bawling my eyes out. That's what I'll be doing. Because the fact that Fantasia, I mean, she's the part of the original cast. So for her to originate the song, I know she, she's, she's going to be everything. And yeah. I'm excited. I, they better get some recognition too. And it better not be like the eighties, how you get nominated. I think they were nominated 10 times and got zero Oscars. 
I was just, I'm reading from Variety. I was just reading some of the statements that Oprah has made about the film. And she was asked about the need to retell the story almost 40 years after the original. And she said, as long as there's a need for self-discovery, self-empowerment, as long as there's a need for victory in someone's life, as long as there's a need for people to know what it feels like to be loved up and to be made full and hold to somebody else's love, there will be a need for the color purple. And she says she hopes that the film's message will bring healing. That's so powerful. That's why she's Oprah. Holy yes. moly. That was yes. phenomenal. I want to clap for that statement alone. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? Absolutely. That is why she is Oprah. Well, I'm super excited to see what they do with this. I can't wait until it comes out. And let's just say Allie Bailey is living her best life right now. So. Cousin, little sis, get your back. Yep. Just take them all speaking of that i'm seeing it on saturday little mermaid my ticket is bought yeah i need to buy my ticket i think i'm gonna go on friday but i need to go ahead and get my uh ticket all right delora let's move on to our first hot topic the writer strike continues and the article that we both were mentioning we had been looking at from the daily beast they mentioned that the writers guild of america's picket line has been the hottest spot for celebrity sighting since the start of may you've had star writers like tina fey david simon you've had a-list actors like chris pine susan sarandon i mean there's been a plethora i see them all mm -hmm. the time on instagram yes. but now delora sag announced that both its negotiating committee and national board have unanimously agreed to authorize a strike. Its members are preparing for a vote of their own. And SAG president Fran Drescher, which who knew Fran Drescher was the president of SAG? Yeah. I had no idea. It, it really switches up. And she has obviously been one of the recent ones where I was like, oh, okay. But in past years, I can't think of any right now, but. It's always fun to see who's the president. For sure. I'm like, okay, friend. Um, but she's urging members to make three a charm with an emphatic yes for a strike authorization vote. To do so, she said, would be an unprecedented show of solidarity. Delora, the DGA, Directors Guild of America, is also considering whether or not this is something they want to do, even though in this article they basically said that they are much they have a, a different relationship with the studios than the actors and the writers do but yes. if the if the actors strike that is huge yes that is power what do you it think is. about this possibility of at least sag going on strike and joining the writers it seems like a natural progression honestly because unless you are an a-lister you're a working actor. So who, to my understanding, actors aren't getting the best deal when it comes to streaming revenue as well. And so more power to the actors because at the end of the day, for example, I was quoting Queen Charlotte earlier. Yes, India and Corey are everything, but they had phenomenal 
material to go off of. Like you, you can't love these shows and movies and not understand the importance of the writers. The writing is everything. Literally. The lines that y'all love, that y'all post about, that y'all clip exactly. is because of great writing. Team. Someone's imagination. Yes. And if you want to go further back, it's probably off of some original IP that was phenomenal too. Sometimes, very rarely though, the movie are better than the actual original source material. But I digress. I think this is a wonderful idea. And I think it'll help move things along quicker the more power you have. And you have two powerful organizations going up against these studios. So let's go. Yeah, like I said, it, it would be amazing if for the writers, if the actors decide to do this because of the power that they hold in Hollywood. Um, also wanted to just touch on the fact that their contracts, both SAG and DGA, end June 30th. So they do, do still have a bit of time, but I mean, we'll see what happens. It still doesn't seem like the writers and the studios have had any conversations from what no. I've seen and heard. Same. Also was seeing in this article that they were mentioning that a big factor in this is going to be public support. And so I wanted to bring up this Boston University situation and how the CEO of Warner Brothers was booed at the graduation by <laughs> the students who were yep. some of them chanting pay your writers some of them booing yes. them there was a there was a demonstration at the graduation against this man i feel like the momentum is definitely in the writers favor in terms of public yes. opinion but what were your absolutely. thoughts i agree absolutely public opinion is with the writers it doesn't make any sense like with the evolution of streaming and, you know, walking away from traditional network television, there should have been better provision set up for content creation, especially because, you know, actually I can play devil's advocate with that too, right? So one of the things that streaming has been praised upon in recent years is the the breadth of new ideas and um, having a lot of quote-unquote minority voices being able to be amplified and we see that in series like Atlanta and Insecure but then at the same time <laughs> it's like were they taking advantage of these minority groups just to be able to have an opportunity to shine but then do it at such a low do it at the expense of the writers. And now we're talking about the actors when it comes to royalties for streaming. Now that a lot of these series are no longer in production. So really fascinating stuff. It's a moment in history for sure. Um, one last thing I wanted to note from this particular article was that it was it was noted by Stephen Ross, professor of history at the University of Southern California and author of Working Class Hollywood, that it's a pivotal moment for the broader labor movement. He said, this is not just about the movie industry. This is also about the future of labor capital relations and how they're going to go. So moment in history. It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. But like I said, I do think it'll be so powerful and will give huge leverage 
to the WGA if uh, SAG or the DGA or both decide to join them in this fight. So more to come on that, friends. Let's get into our final halt topic of the day. Your fave couple, the Sussexes. We got some <laughs> disturbing, and that's really how I felt about it, disturbing news at the end of last week about a potential, as it was labeled by media outlets I saw, near catastrophic car chase that happened between them and the paparazzi. Megan and Harry, and I'm reading this from People, were leaving a they were leaving the Miss Foundation 2023 Women of Vision Awards in Manhattan alongside Megan's mom. Megan was recognized as a Woman of Vision Award honoree for her global advocacy for empowering women and girls. And she brought her husband, Prince Harry, and her mother to the event as her surprise guests. Can we take a moment and talk about how phenomenal she looked at that freaking event? She doesn't have bad days for me. But she looked well-rested, <laughs> sun-kissed, and unbothered in that outfit. She does have a little more melanin in the skin now that you mention it. So California do that to you. Sun-kissed indeed. She looks great, for sure. But apparently after this event, they were trailed aggressively by paparazzi. And they said that it created a near catastrophic car chase. Now, obviously the reason why I said that it was, you know, alarming and all that princess Diana tragically died in a car crash in 1997 that involved paparazzi pursuing her vehicle. Prince yeah. Harry has spoken openly about the fact that he still has PTSD from that situation. And when it comes to paparazzi, but the thing that made this, a hot topic that I really want to discuss is that it has now become such a spectacle within, you know, the public domain in terms of was this over-exaggerated? Were they really chased through the streets of New York for two hours? People are saying that doesn't make sense. New York is usually gridlocked. Nobody can be chased in a car for two hours. You even had People on The View weighing in. You had, I mean, you had all sorts of people with yeah. an opinion about whether this situation was overblown. You have Prince Harry and Meghan who demanded that the organization who was behind the paparazzi, you know, cough up the images and videos that they had taken of that night. And the organization in their back grid, their lawyer rejected it saying, this is America. And as I'm sure you know, property belongs to the owner of it. Third parties cannot demand to be given anything as perhaps kings can do. Blah, 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 blah. Sit down with your client. Tell them English rules do not apply here. We rejected that in this country a long time ago. That was that was <laughs> very uh, sarcastic response, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Like I said, these this is these this is your favorite couple. It is. You think about this situation they never said it was a high-speed chase correct they said it was a chase so it is very possible that they felt uncomfortable and they were being pursued for two hours in new york probably didn't feel comfortable going to the place that they were going to stay at because why would you take them to 
where you plan on laying your head. You know what I mean? Well, so, and that is a part of the stories that I saw. It may be CNN's coverage that basically they were staying at a private residence of a friend. And so they did not want to go back there immediately after the event because they wanted to keep that private. Prince Harry talked about in his memoir, Spare, riding in cars at the speed in which his mother and all the accident reports um, said happened the events that led to her death. So I think it's very possible for them to feel uncomfortable. People really did say that pedestrians could have gotten hit. You know, cars were up on the curb. They said near catastrophic, meaning someone could have gotten hurt and died because they were being pursued. So I think that's the biggest point is that they're not, they didn't just say we could have died. They're saying catastrophic in terms of something horrible could have happened or resulted from this chase. And a lot of people who are naysayers simply do not like them as well as Prince Harry has been very vocal about his dislike about the press. So the likelihood of them getting good press can be low. I think that's a level of level of expectation to have even over here i think overall americans you know we don't mind the sussex unless you're rooting for them like myself but the level of vitriol that they have in britain is different but that doesn't make them immune to you know someone who's actively talking against the press it makes them suspect number one definitely have a continued contentious relationship with the press and the media at this point so that was definitely something i thought about when i started seeing all the hoopla was like i mean obviously there's been lawsuits and there's been um a lot of discussion in their documentary and his book and all of that about the toll that this takes and all that so was the rhetoric was the the wording used possibly to some people over exaggerated may have been But at the same time, nobody else is living this life and living in their shoes but them. So also can't say how you felt in that moment and what you experienced and what you witnessed. Um, But the biggest thing to me was that it became such a big deal. I was like, the fact that this is like, as much as people want to talk shit about them and talk about they don't like them, everything they do, y'all still follow, y'all still monitor. It still becomes a huge headline. So, you know, I'm glad at the end of the day that everybody was safe. And that nothing happened. Because again, when I first saw the headline and when I first saw it, I was like, what do you mean a near catastrophic car chase? Like, God forbid they were to perish in a car accident. That would be horrific. So I'm glad everybody's safe and sound. I hope that this is resolved and everybody's able to move on. Obviously, they asked the royal family in England for comment. They said no comment. It is what it is, guys. They... (laughs) They still ain't cool. Prince Harry left that coordination as quickly as humanly possible. So (laughs) there's going to be no response on it. I'm glad that everybody's okay. Absolutely. All right, Delora, that is it for us for today. What are we recapping for the people for next week? Well, we are recapping something I am super excited about because I raved about this book last year and now it's a series on amazon prime i'm talking about daisy jones and the six. Oh yeah this will be a good one i was really 
into the series and was watching it weekly when it first started. So excited and the to music get into it. Is good. Riley Keough really surprised me. Like, obviously, being the granddaughter of Elvis, I assumed there was musical talent in the family, but I had never seen her in a project where she got to demonstrate her music ability. She's never done it before. So I was thoroughly impressed. But see, guys, then looking forward to it. Thank you, as always, for sticking with us for an episode. Please feel free to share this with whomever you see fit. We are on all the things on social media as well as all the apps for you to be able to listen with your friends, loved ones, or, you know, just on that car drive. We appreciate y'all so much. Yes. See you next time. Be blessed. travels to everyone driving or traveling during this weekend, okay? Bye.